Hey guys, welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. So this is a special kind of series of pre-recorded kind of shorter episodes of the workshop podcast. So I hope you enjoy. We're this over these two week period while I'm away visiting down Nashville, Florida, that kind of stuff. I wanted to put together a short series on, you know, the absolute beginning steps for preparedness. This is the type of thing that even us seasoned preppers can learn from, but more so it's going to be for people who are just getting started and it'll give you, you know, short little 15 minute episodes you can share with your friends, somebody who's interested that says, listen, all this stuff that's going on in the world right now has got me nervous and that's okay. Because a lot of times people, when things go bad, we talked about it before, whether it was Y2K or 2008, people get nervous and they want to take back control of their lives. And so preparedness, prepping is one of the ways to do that. It's one of those things that we can focus on and allow us to have supplies on hand so that we can handle a lot of the normal everyday kind of disasters or shortcomings or even things as simple as or you know as as life threatening as losing a job or a sickness so it's good to have stuff on hand and this has always been the kind of the standard that the our previous generations lived by so if you go back you know again three generations it was common practice to have an entire pantry full of staples you know you go back a little further than that and you had to have an entire root cellar full of stuff if you wanted to make it through the winter because winter was the time when food wasn't available but today we live in a time when typically if you want something you go and you pick it up from the grocery store now it's been said that the average american has enough food on hand for three days that's it so if you couldn't get to the grocery store in three days the average person just can't make it by. They'll start to have to figure out, okay, well, maybe we'll eat this box of saltines or this, you know, half container of pickles that's left. Now, our focus, this entire series has been getting you ready for a week. And like I said before, a week is a long time. And in my lifetime, and I'm sure a few people have seen them, but in my lifetime, I've never seen a disaster or a system shut down for more than seven days. So we have to start somewhere, right? The, the old baby steps thing. And so that's what this week series is going to be about, getting yourself stocked up and prepared for a week. Not talking about a month, not talking about a year, just simply having the peace of mind to know that I'm going to have food, water, uh, documentation and planning, security, first aid, backup power for at least a week. And I know that sounds crazy, but we're going to do it, like I said, for way less than you might expect. So the bad news is, the average person only has about three days worth of food on hand. The good news is you're already, that means you're already halfway to a week. And honestly, in a worst case scenario, most people could probably take the three days worth of food they have on hand and stretch that out, not live very comfortably and not eat very good, but probably stretch it out to a week. <laughs> so if we want to, if you want to end up being more comfortable and have that peace of mind, well, then we will help you build a week's worth of surplus of food. And the thing is, like I said, if you could stretch those three days into a week, you can probably stretch that one week supply into two weeks in a worst case scenario. So here's what we're going to do. This is not new to me. This has been taught by pretty much 
every preparedness expert out there. I first heard it from Jack Spierko on the Survival Podcast, but it's a concept called copy canning in food journaling. So here's where we start. And this is what Becky and I, that's my wife, we did for a long time. And eventually it just becomes second nature. But for the next two weeks, I want you to keep track of absolutely everything that you eat, at least everything shelf stable. So every time you open a box, every time you open a bag, every time you open a can that comes off the out of the pantry, off the shelf, something that doesn't need to be frozen or refrigerated in order to eat, I want you to write that down. You know, beans, tuna, craft dinner, ravioli, spaghetti, canned stew, soup, whatever it happens to be. And I don't care. We're not talking about healthy. We're not talking about unhealthy. I'm not talking about keto or vegan. I just want you to keep track of whatever your family eats. So if that's four bags of Doritos, that's four bags of Doritos. I, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to say, here's the deal. We are going to make sure you have food on hand for you and your family that you and your family will eat. There's no sense in having a thousand pounds worth of beans on hand, dry beans, if your family's not going to eat a thousand pounds of dry beans. So keep track exactly of what you eat in a week or in two weeks or in a month, whatever it is. And now we have a list. We know. And every, a lot of people say, well, I know what I eat. Well, sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you might think, well, one can of tuna would be enough, but hey, the kids are eating five or six cans this week. So keep track. Now you have a list. So the next time that you go to the grocery store, you're going to think about what it is that I want to start stocking up. So if that's, say, Campbell's chicken noodle soup, well, and this is such a simple concept and it's not going to cost you a whole lot, but if it's chicken noodle soup, the first thing you're going to do is when you go and, okay, so if you're shopping for two weeks worth of groceries and you need to have five cans of chicken noodle soup on hand for those two weeks, Go and buy one or two extra cans of chicken noodle soup. And again, all of this is going to be done on kind of a, a $10 a week budget. So we're not going to spend a whole lot, okay? So if you buy four extra cans of whatever it happens to be, spaghetti sauce or four extra packages of spaghetti, like dry noodles or two, four extra boxes of instant uh, oatmeal, then we're, we're going to get you in about that $10 a week range. So in 80 or for 80 bucks in two months time, you can basically have an extra week worth of food on hand. And it's stuff that your kids are going to like. It's so simple. And it's funny because a lot of people just don't think about this. And the peace of mind that having just a little bit of extra food on hand gives you is just great. And the, the mindset and the idea again behind this is, you know, we're not prepping for an EMP or a coronal mass ejection from the sun or, I mean, all of that's great and good and well, if you want to look at that down the road, I don't care if you want to, I don't care if you ever deal with something like that. All I want you to do is, you know, go above and beyond the, what is it? The three days that the Red Cross tells you to prep for and start developing a one week preparedness plan. And, and that is where it starts. So, you know, hey, whatever. And the other thing is, again, is storage. Okay. So if you live in a tiny little apartment in New York City, storage is going to be a bit more tight and difficult for you than it is for somebody who lives on a big, in a big home in the country. So you have to get creative. You have to think. Now, in some instances, maybe maybe you're going to need things that store just a little bit better. So I'm thinking like packages like sidekick noodles and stuff. They're a lot smaller. You can slide them under the bed, but 
just start thinking around your house of places you can start stocking this kind of stuff. Maybe it's a, a water heater closet, which isn't ideal because they do get kind of warm. Uh, maybe underneath of beds. Just, just start walking around and thinking. Like sometimes it's a matter of putting shelving up at seven feet along the wall in a room because you know you're not seven feet tall and you're not going to hit your head on it <laughs> and if you don't want people to know you're prepping or whatever put it in a, a cardboard box or put it behind a shelf or, or you know put knickknacks in front of it it doesn't matter after a while you're going to realize hey this is what i'm doing for my family and it's going to make a huge difference and i don't really care where we go well like i said the key is to pay attention to what you eat and then start storing that. You know, there's always the, you know, I had a story a while ago, a guy shared with me, he said, my parents put together a Y2K room and they had all kinds of food in there. And whether it was food they ate or didn't eat, they never ate it. So they never rotated it either. So that's a big problem that they ended up having. They ended up having cases and cases of mayonnaise, cases and cases of tuna and that kind of stuff that's long expired, that's just been sitting there. So Number one, you want to pay attention to what you eat, keep a journal of it. Number two, you want to buy a few extra of what you eat, and it's not difficult. And then number three, you want to eat out of that storage. A lot of people say, well, wait a minute, Tim, the whole idea is to build a surplus of food here. I don't want to eat into it. Well, there's two reasons for that. I mean, once you've built up an extra surplus, now you go shopping in your pantry, you go and pick up two of those extra cans of tuna. Now you know, okay, I've got a week or two weeks worth of extra tuna or extra Campbell's chicken noodle soup on hand. I pull those out. I make those for the kid, the kids. And then I add that to my grocery list. So now it costs you no extra to have all that extra on hand. Once you've invested up front, then you start eating out of it. Then you start rotating. And what that is, is it costs you nothing extra. You always have that extra surplus on hand and you always know nothing's ever going to expire because it's stuff you eat, it's stuff you're eating on a regular basis, and now you're replenishing it with new stuff from the store with, you know, up-to-date expiry dates. And that is a big key of it. Now, two more quick things. There's a few ways to, to do this. You Like I said, you can buy two or three at a time, or you can kind of do, once you get to a certain point, what Becky and I have done is we, we bought cases of things. And I don't want to go crazy, but a lot of times you'll find the grocery stores will have like a 10 for 10 deal. So if you want to be a little more choosy or careful, or if you want to coupon, couponing's great for dry goods. That tends to be the stuff that they end up putting on sale for you. So look for coupons, look for the 10 for 10 kind of deals, and then stock up like with a, a flat case of them. And then I find they store better on the, sh the store shelf, but it changes the way you buy your groceries eventually too. Eventually what we end up doing is we'll go and we'll get like six cans of coffee, four flats of soup, and maybe some case, a case of gravy. <laughs> and it might sound weird, but it's because we have everything else at home. So then we're able to just buy the sales or you can check places like Dollar Tree. Although I have to say, at least living in Canada, I find that dollar store prices aren't really that good of a deal. I find I have way better luck buying things on sale at the big box stores than I do at the dollar stores. Now, I also find that Costco is not a very good deal for canned goods. The only thing that I found that the price is really good on canned goods are the large 
they're hams like they're they're basically like a ham in a can and they're they're really tasty we like them it's a swift brand but that's the only thing in cans i found was a good price to me places like well, walmart and up here in canada superstore those and sobeys those are the places that have uh, the really good 10 for 10 or you know that kind of thing or sometimes 75 cents a can and those are the times that you want to stock up on the absolute most you can now if your kids or you do like rice and beans and beans and rice and that kind of stuff or if you just want to have a little extra peace of mind once you get into this mindset and you've got your pantry full of a week or two weeks or a month whatever it happens to be because what i find is copy canning that's what they call this when you you buy an extra can of what you eat i find it gets really really addictive and what happens then is you're like oh i'd like to have a little extra on hand so i'm not pushing it or, or telling you hey go ahead and do it or don't do it but for the next step, if you want to have some extra food on hand that gives you peace of mind, it's shelf stable, you don't have to rotate it for a long time, get yourself, you know, a 25-pound bag of oatmeal and a 50-pound bag of rice and beans, and you've got breakfast and lunch and dinner for basically a month for a family of four for, I don't know, 50 bucks at the most. Don't start with that, but if you want to have a little extra peace of mind and then get yourself a five-gallon bucket, throw it in there, seal the lid. And don't worry about it. It's probably good for about 10 years after that. And, you know, you can get more, more creative, whatever from there. But honestly, that's like $80 worth of an investment over two months to get your a week or two weeks worth of supply on your, in your pantry of all your dry goods. Now you've got water on hand as well. Water was cheap or free, depending on how you did it. And now you can eat and drink and know, okay, well, those two things are taken care of for my family. And that that gives you a peace of mind. That gave me a peace of mind. That's how we got started in this. And remember, whatever it is that you're here listening or whatever it is that scares you right now, it probably will pass. <laughs> you know, I don't want to say for sure it will because you never know. But 99.9% .9 of the things we worry about never come to fruition. And a lot of people come to prepping and preparedness because they're scared of something or some event or whatever they think might happen. And then when it doesn't happen, they tend to throw their hands up and say, well, that was a waste. Or, you know, the person that buys a brand new generator right after a, a hurricane, and then they turn around and sell it a week later. Well, the idea behind prepping and storing food is to give you peace of mind. And so if we stick with it beyond whatever our initial fear brought us here, then all of a sudden you can see it brings me peace of mind. It helps with my anxiety. It helps me do what I need to do to look after myself and after my family. So I hope that helps, guys. Like I said, these are going to be kind of 15-minute episodes. Next week, or next episode, is going to be documentation and planning. That's a freebie. This one will cost you basically nothing. Maybe if you get a USB stick kicking around, but it's basically a free episode. You'll enjoy it. Uh, so yeah, guys, if you want to know more about me, quickest way is to go to toolmantim.co. Check that out. And beyond that, stick with me. Check out these episodes. I love doing them. This is a little different than what we normally do. Normally, my episodes are like an hour to an hour and a half. We have live interviews. We do deep dives into topics and content. But I want you guys to have something new that you could listen to or share while I was away on vacation. So I hope you enjoy this series. And as always, guys, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.